because that's what we do. If you are kind of checking things out around here, you're going to find out quickly that we value this idea of being real and authentic. And if you, in fact, if you look at that purple handout on the back side of it, one of the values that we have around here is just this realness. There is no fake, there is no pretense, there is authenticity. Um, at least that's what we're shooting for. Um, and that's, that's our heart and that's our desire. And I think if, you hang, if you've been around here very long, you, you know that that's DNA around here. Um, and so to be most, most honest and most forthcoming this morning, um, I got a text this morning. I woke up to a text from my mom. My dad is the pastor here, if, if you aren't aware. And I'm on staff, and um, dad was scheduled to preach this morning. And uh, dad uh, was up all night with a flu. Um, I thought that we had surpassed, I thought maybe we'd, we'd um, gotten through the, uh, the flu and missed it. Um, I, I know it's hit, we're in the public schools all the time, and I'm in there every day at South, and I've just seen this epidemic. It's been bad this year, right? And uh, I thought somehow, some way, we had missed it, um, but we did not. And so this week has been unbelievable, and Dad had it earlier this week, and I thought we had missed it again, and then... I got that text that it, we did not miss it. Um, and so uh, our kids have been going through it, and my wife has gone through it this week, and then uh, it hit dad again last night. So um, I woke up to that, and then, I don't know, before I'd even gotten out of bed, my toddler, um, yeah, on my shirt and my blanket. And so it's been, it's been a doozy of a morning, but I share that with you. Um, because I, I think that um, there's some, like, I, I, I don't ever want to be in a church where it's like, hey, we're going to act like everything's perfect and everything's okay and everything's just totally all smiles and giggles and sunshine and rainbows, right? Like, we live in a world that's broken and we live in a world that has mess and we live in a world that's painful and frustrating. Like, I, I just, I, I, you, you hate even saying this question, you know, as a parent of, especially, but you say things like, can it actually get any worse than what's happening right now? Like, Abby and I have had that moment a few times this week. Um, in fact, a few times in the last, like, 12 hours. Um, and so, it's just, you know, you feel like garbage, and your kid, but your kid, you got to rise up to be there, and then it's like, normally our safety net is our parents, and it's like they're in bad shape. And so, um, but I do think that God is God is faithful, and God still has a message that he wants to communicate with us this morning. So um, I do feel like I'm a bit of, it's one of those like out-of-body experiences. I feel a little cloudy myself, but I feel like um, God is here to meet us, and he's faithful regardless of our own uh, weaknesses and um, illnesses, and regardless, he's just, he's faithful. And so I'm just going to share a couple of things um, about where I, I feel God has been um, speaking in my life um, this year, um, and, and just see what he does. So God, I would just ask for you to come. I'm going to ask for some health. Um, I'm going to ask for some strength for me, for everyone in here, for our families back home that are um, staying home because they're ill. God, I pray right now for Nancy, who is in surgery right now up in Carmel, um, I don't even know what for, but um, I, I know that that was not part of the plan today. So God, I, I pray for you to just come and you to just do you. 
because you're good. Because you are good. Amen. So that's kind of where I want to go a little bit today. This And, and my notes actually are on my phone because I couldn't print them out and I typed them up right before this. Um, so good is the... Like, you've heard of this word of the year, and I've shared this a bunch of times where, like, over the years, um, if you've been here, I've had a, a, God knows that I have a thick skull, I guess, so he drills it into my mind one word at a time. And so this year that he impressed on my heart um, for to, to, to journey through this year is this word good. Uh, for, for So 2018 um, is a year for good, and so I felt like there were four things that kind of went along with that that he was inviting me into to process through the year, um, to see the good, to assume the good, to focus on the good, and to fight for the good. And as I was kind of, you know, around New Year's time, kind of dreaming about this coming year, um, those were kind of four things that rallied in my heart that the Lord was impressing on me. And so I looked at these different verses and, and, um, that talk about this idea of good, and one is Romans 8, 28, and it's, um, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And then I looked over in Philippians 1, 6, and it says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. James 1, 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Love that. Everything good is from him, and guess what? He doesn't change. My brothers and sisters, fill your minds. This is Philippians 4.8. Oh, by the way, if you didn't notice or didn't play detective, the notes in your handout won't be in use today. They might be good next week. I'm hoping Dad's a week ahead of sermon prep. Um, Philippians 4.8. My brothers and sisters, fill your minds with those things that are good. The things that are good and that deserve praise. Things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and honorable. Fill your mind with things that are good. So I kind of declared whatever may come, it's going to be a good year. Now that may seem like it's already blown like less than two months into 2018. I think a lot of us would say, I don't see that. Good year, that, that's not how I would define this year. In fact, last week, um, I found myself making critical comments about someone. And, and, and then I, later on that night, I was like, that doesn't sound like assume the good. That doesn't sound like focusing on the good. I got really down on myself. I was so frustrated. I was like, David, this is like what you're focusing on this year. And you just, you were just thinking critically about that person. See, it's going to be a good year. Doesn't declare, it isn't declaring that this is something that's already been obtained or something that is just, I'm claiming into existence. It doesn't claim that this is something that I'm already mastering in my life or that all is going to go well. That's not what saying this is going to be a good year is. It's simply focusing on and creating space 
for the one who holds all things to use whatever this year brings for good and to continue to be good himself. I'm going to repeat that. It's going to be a good year. Is simply focusing on creating the space for the one who holds all things to use whatever this year brings. So he will use anything for the good, right? And to just recognize that he's going to continue to be good. He never changes. So then this week happens. Parkland, Florida. I think the last time I, last count I saw was 18 people shot dead when a young man enters a school with an assault rifle and takes aim at everyone he can. Then this week happens. And I'm not going to stand up here and act like there's easy answers. I'm standing up somebody who's broken and hurting. My heart aches for them just like probably what you've experienced this week as you looked at faces of victims and you heard their stories and you heard about you know, one was gonna, one was a, a stellar swimmer that was so excited to chase his dreams and come up to Indianapolis and swim at University of Indy, or the 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 teacher that that saw students and he's a football coach and he went and ran and dove in front of bullets so his body caught him instead of the body of his students, or everyone had a story. Their names are becoming more. Um, available, their faces are starting to get out there, and it, it's just adding more. It's bringing back things that we've experienced before, right? Sandy Hook. I remember the, I think it was 26, maybe, little kid. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And the, so 2018, that's what has brought. And there are no easy answers here. I know there's a lot of solutions being thrown around, and there's certainly a lot of opinions that how things could be definitely impacted one way or another, but as I meditate on God's word, I do know that there's answers in here, and I do know that there's hope in here, and so as I meditate on God's word, I go to Romans 12, in verse 9, It says, don't pretend, to just love, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. That second half of that verse, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Another translation says, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. And we cling because we have to. What else do we do right now? We cling. If we have faith in, in, in our God, in Jesus, what do we do? We cling like glue to what's good. And uh, this week, um, among other calamities in our house, um, our middle child, AJ, is six years old, and he was nicknamed Crash at an early age. And so um, that's for various reasons. If you know him, you know. Um, and he's 100 miles an hour until he passes out of bed, and then he sleeps literally sprawled out on his back, arms out wide like, like an X on his bed, and, and he crashes in bed. And, but this week, um, he thought it would be a good idea, as it probably was because he's a little boy and that's what they do, but he was jumping from one piece of furniture to the other in our house in the playroom, which has not been kept up because we're sick. 
And so there's stuff all over the floor. And so he's jumping from couch to chair and then slips and his foot lands on, I don't know, some toy and his gushing blood everywhere. And so he's split open the bottom of his foot. And I'm like, good grief. Like, seriously, one of those moments when I look at Abby and I'm like, anything else? Is there anything else? And like right now. And so I called up a nurse friend, and I was just like, you know, FaceTiming, hey, this is what we're dealing with right here. And she's just like, I wouldn't take him in to get stitches. Honestly, what we do, we glue. If you go get a clean bottle of super glue at the, at the uh, store, that, put that flap of skin back down. So we did, we've, done, we've been rotating Neosporin and super glue this week. But the first time I did the super glue, you know, I don't know if you've opened a super glue bottle recently, but I did, I did this week. I went and got a new one, so it was all sterile and everything. And you have to, like, poke this one end into the, the cap to pierce it and so the glue can come out. And then you turn the cap around and you flip it, and it, it's, what it is is a sticky mess. And so I got his foot all glued up, but guess what I also got glued up? My fingers. And so I'm sitting there trying to change remote. It's like, uh, I think it's Christmas vacation when uh, Chevy Chase is changing the magazines from all the sap in the tree. He's like, you know, it's frustrating. I was doing that with my remote the other night. So I'm like, I'm like stuck to it. I'm like, I cannot get this glue off of me. We're called, like that's strong, but our call to cling to him is even stronger than that. We got to cling to him like glue so it does not come off easily. When, when other water or soap or whatever the heck else I tried that night, I, I Googled it and I searched, I got my phone all sticky looking up, uh, uh, they say that nail polish remover, that one worked after like 45 minutes of soaking my fingers in it. But we want to be difficult. We want that, that tightness, that clinging to, to be difficult to be separated from. If God is our rock and our anchor is in him, we don't want that anchor to be loosened lightly, do we? We want it to be firm. We want it to be secure. We hold tightly. We cling regardless of circumstances. Mark 10, uh, 17 and 18. Just briefly, uh, Jesus is, is um, he's starting out on his way to Jerusalem. A man comes running up to him and he knelt down and he asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This is, this is a rich dude with some power, okay? That's, the, that's what we know in, Mass. Rich young ruler, in some translations, refer to him as. So he comes up, Jesus, you know, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, why do you call me good? Why do you call me good? No one is good except God, God alone. See, Jesus turned a question from a wealthy young ruler on its head, good? No one is good except God alone. Jesus performed soul surgery with amazing precision here. By addressing Jesus as good, this man was in fact proclaiming him to be God because he's good. Jesus wanted to make sure he understood this before he asked him to abandon his confidence. Because a lot of us know that story, right? What's coming is is he's going to say, yeah, you've done this and this. Do this. And he's like, Richard Euler's, yeah, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that. It's like, cool, you got one more thing you got to do. Remember, right? The thing that identifies you. The thing that identifies you is your money and your power to this guy. He's a rich young ruler. I guess his money is youth and his power. 
the things that, that, that he's using to identify himself. What do we use to identify ourselves? Maybe they're not things that are inherently bad, but they're, they're our chief identity before that's our chief identity. And Jesus says, anything else isn't good enough. You've done all these things, but you still hold on to this identity before me. This I'm going to ask you to get rid of. Jesus wanted to make sure he understood this before he asked him to abandon his confidence in the fact that a large bank account and power was what he thought defined good. If the young ruler had followed Jesus' instruction, which he didn't, he didn't, he, Jesus said, go and sell. Go and get rid of, abandon the things that you hold so tightly. Abandon the things that you're placing over me. If he'd followed Jesus' instruction to sell everything and give it to the poor, he would still be clinging to good, but he'd be clinging to the real good. He'd be clinging to Jesus. The test was not to step away from good, but to step toward it. Lasting good, eternal good. Not good that just feels like, oh yeah, this is where my securities lay right now, but actual Against this backdrop, the Apostle Paul informs us that we should cling to good. That's, that's the, um, was it Romans 12, 9, I think, where we started. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Not good as if I'm often prone to think of it. I don't think of I don't think of it as being very good when I unload all my stuff to someone else, or I sell it off, or I give it away. But good with a capital G. Good as in God. Good as in Jesus. Good not as an adjective, but as a noun. The noun of all nouns. Hating evil without clinging to good leads to revenge. It leads to hatred leads to bitterness. Clinging to good without having evil, but without hating evil, makes a mockery of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. We have to hate it. We have to despise what happened in Parkland. If we're indifferent, that's evil. When we cling to Jesus, the Christ, we are permanently connected to hope. We are glued to it. This week, we feel the reality of a broken and hurting world. We feel the pain of evil in Parkland, Florida. Our hearts ache. But instead of despair, we hold tightly. We cling. Desperation does this, right? We've been in those places, whether, whether this is one that's personally hit you or whether you can think of times in your life when you're just like, I, I'm in desperation and it holds me, it, it, it compels me to cling tighter, to grip tighter. Love compels us to that. We cling to the source of hope. Not because Jesus navigated around trouble, he didn't do that. Thank God. If he did, he wouldn't be God. 
Jesus didn't navigate around trouble or pain or suffering or evil, but because he broke through it without dismissing it or sugarcoating it. Evil does have an adversary. It does have a conqueror. It does have a champion. This is why we cling to him even as he holds us fast. I love that because it's not just us clinging. He then clings on. John 10, 27 is where I'll start. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me. And he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch away, snatch them from the Father's hand. Good. Secure in his grip. Against the backdrop of evil and of chaos and of sickness and of despair, I cling. We cling. Out of desperation, in the mainstream of his love, let that current run over you and carry you. Why are you so cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. Our greatest needs are not met in the healings of our bodies or in the improvement of our circumstances, but in the salvation of our souls. And if nothing else came, no other healing, no other benefit of following Jesus came than that, that's more than enough. The bank account is disasterly unbalanced. And we're in the good. Hope in God. It's not artificial positive thinking, but a deeply rooted attachment to God, to Jesus. It's hope and it's good. Today I'm holding tight. I'm clinging it's the only place of hope, and it's good. Could I have the worship team um, come back up? We're going to sing one last song. Kind of the way we do things around here is at the end of service, we have an opportunity. Uh, we'd like to finish with a song. We're going to um, collect tithes and offerings for those of us who, who have, um, are, whatever, tithes and offerings. Sorry, my fog. Um, but we're, and then we're going to, Pass those green cards in if anybody has any of those. And then we're going to just give them an opportunity. If you want prayer, there's a handful of people who, who are committed um, to come up and pray and be a part of that. And we're going to have um, a prayer time here as well. And at the end, uh, this song, I'll, I'll dismiss us with uh, a blessing. So, Father, we ask for you to just continue to come and make your presence. And we thank you that you're good. We thank you that you are something worth having hope in. 
that is, you're not just like positive words or positive thoughts, but like when, when we are standing in those moments in our life and we're looking around saying, what in the world, what else could go wrong? We know that ultimately you are good and that you never change and that if we cling to you, we're in good hands. We thank you that you win. And we thank you that what you've done on the cross is everything and more than we will ever need. And we praise you for that. Father, I pray for our tithes and our offerings, that they are enough to accomplish what you are inviting this local church to to be a part of in your kingdom work. And I pray, even as words maybe still are written down on those cards, that they would just serve to interconnect deeper your body of Christ. Amen.